Inside the Bearcats podcast. I'm Paul Daner Jr. and I'm here to take you behind the curtain of UC Athletics where we'll discuss all the topics that UCU care about and quite a few that you really don't care about. All right, let's go. Eight seconds to go. SK dribbles into the front court. Joe Patkin pulls up from three. His shot. Good! 2.5 to go. Joe Patkin buries one. Green out to Abernathy, looking for a block. He's got it. Down to the 10, the 5, touchdown, Bearcats! All right, welcome to the latest edition of the Inside the Bearcats podcast. Uh, we are back here one day after uh, UC beats Rutgers 62-54, to after a nine-day layoff where we had to find something to do with ourselves as scribes, media types, and such, and nobody filled that time better than Tom Glarder, who is back with me again. Tommy Happy to G, be here with you. The busiest man in in, in the building, as far uh, as I'm concerned. I, every day, there's two to three, like every sure. day there's two to three more videos that pop up. I'm getting to know every Bearcat, I believe, <laughs> that there well, we're, is. We're trying. We're yeah. trying to get to you to know every... Bearcats student athlete, and uh, day by day you get an opportunity to meet two or three, and uh, that's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's it's been fun. I, I swear it seems like you know, you, you've got a really good little deal there with the get-to-know-the-Bearcats thing. In case you haven't seen it yet, go to GoBearcats.com, check on the website, and it's just talking with mostly freshmen and young kids. Well, the young kids, it, 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 and, and what we do is right now we're going through spring sports. We went through some of the winter sports, swimming and women's basketball, you know, in, in December and and late November, and we went through the fall sports in the fall, obviously. So now we're going through the spring sports, and the way it works is when, when we go through the teams, we start with the youngsters and build your way up. So lacrosse, we're turning the page to the sophomores tomorrow. Um, so you start to work through the sophomores. So you'll see some of the older kids. Um, and, yeah, so you've seen the – for the spring sports, you've seen the youngsters so far. The hard-hitting questions is really what you bring out, though. I mean, oh, yeah. I mean, we're really – if you were a crayon, what color would you be? I think might be my favorite question that you that's, asked. That's pretty good. That's, that's a tough question. And the kid, I think it is. It, it is a tough question. I, if you had the sixty-four pack, there's a lot of good options. That's in the true. 64 I pack. mean, you, the calypso green. Yep. Uh, I, I I like calypso green. That was the color of my first car, actually. Really? Yeah. Well, I thought oh. it was just green. Uh, it was a 1992 Ford Probe. It was a really okay. nice car, which it's kind of funny we're talking about first cars because also one of the questions that you it ask is. people when they get to the podcast. And, and some of them had things much nicer than a 1992 <laughs> Ford Pro. Hey, well, they're also a lot younger than me. This uh, is true. It, it, I'm it not talking about the year. I'm talking about the brand <laughs> and original hey, purchase price. Hey, don't don't talk about the, the – the Pro was a nice car. Okay? I think one of my best friends Hatchback. growing up had the 92 had, – had a early 90 probe. He, he yeah. you want to talk about first car? So this, this kid – this is this is my buddy at uh, he had an accident growing up and and so he was like the oldest kid in the class by far, and I think failed eighth grade. Sure, he's he's now an eye doctor, so he turned it around <laughs> after failing eighth grade. But so so he he was like turning his birthday's in June, so he turned sixteen as soon as freshman year of high school was over. So he's clearly the oldest kid there, right? <laughs> so his dad told him as he went to a private school freshman year trying to get it together that if he got straight A's, that he would get him a car. Little did he know. Well, hold the phone. So, so what does my buddy do? He goes and gets straight A's. Second semester wow. in high school after failing eighth grade at, at a private boys' school. You know what I mean? This isn't a layup. And so he gets straight A's and goes to his dad with this report card. Says, I'm turning 16 in a, you know, a week. What do I get? And his dad's like, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of you. Well, tragically, 
somewhere, you know, in that month or, or six week period, his uncle passed. And so, you know, his uncle had a car. What was it? A early nineties Ford Pro. And what did my buddy get? An early nineties Ford Pro, which wasn't exactly what he was expecting. But he got him a car. Exactly. He, he got a car. He didn't go back. And on he was what dependable. He said. You know where it got him? To sophomore, junior, and senior year of high school. <laughs> Absolutely, my car, my car got me through about five. I think about five, six years. It was, right. it was, it was solid, and uh, you know, it wasn't. No, the, it's great to have a first car like that. I think that's the way you should have something. And it wasn't even the thing was though. It wasn't even like you know, it got it, the pros got sporty at one point. And they looked. <laughs> this is the old boxy uh-huh. hatchback. I remember. But I had a lot of space in the back of that thing. I could fit a lot of stuff back there. Yeah, I, I bet you. I, that's that's a that's a topic for another show. <laughs> yeah, right? let's yeah let's all you Bearcats we'll fans that have uh, we'll, showed up to hear about my uh, my first car and, and what I could fit in my trunk. Let's move forward. You're looking good though. You got you got new glasses. New glasses. New glasses. Fresh a fresh haircut. haircut. I mean, it's feel good this week. It is. It's a whole new time. you what's inspired you? you? Just feel like you just well, had to shape up and get it together. Well, I t- I try to keep my hair. You know, well kept. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you do? I just I, I try to keep it neat. So I, I roll over and see my guy Chris. He, he he cuts hair here in the neighborhood. If anybody wants to roll over there and and get their hair cut, so yeah. uh, you know he keeps me fresh in that regards. Yes. And then the eyeglasses were spurned because you know I noticed I wasn't seeing as well uh, as yeah. I probably should be. You look across the arena and you're not sure how many timeouts are left because it's a little blurry or you got to squint. You know something isn't right. So I actually got uh, got my eyes examined by our, our fine team physician jim ellis uh dr ellis in-house checked out my eyes found out that my prescription had changed oh so that's You're getting spurned, old, uh, essentially yeah, oh, there's no question yeah so that's deteriorating spurned, and you know i felt there was a need for a new look yeah so i spent about an hour uh with my friends up at lens crafters and they inspired me and they told me that these glasses make me look smarter which is m- quite possibly one of the best sales pitches ever yeah. like how are you not going to buy the pair that she tells me makes me look smarter absolutely the, these these black and clay because you can't see them because we're on the podcast here they're the, they're the strong black frames i think that people are pretty familiar they're, they're pretty popular these days yeah. and they do make people look smarter and i'm kind of angry at you because i was considering maybe getting something similar to that but now i can't do it because i look like i'm just uh you know just following you. I'm no, just no, no 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 there are so many different variations and like yeah. honestly and, and i told a girl when i was there Buying eyeglasses is one of the most stressful purchases that you can make. I think. It, yeah. I think it's. I think it's more stressful than buying a car. For for the purchase, it's more stressful than buying a house. It's like buying a nose. <laughs> it's a little less expensive than buying a house, but it's <laughs> yeah. it's really it's really hard. It's buying your face is what it is. I mean, it's your I look. think I tried on more pairs of glasses the other evening than I looked at homes trying to buy a house. When you just stare at yourself in that mirror and you just don't know. They all yeah. look the same after a this while. This is every day. <laughs> it's you. You got to look at. You got. You, you got to accept yourself. In you got to hit at least a stand up double. That's your money maker too. You, exactly. I mean, that's you. I told her. I said, if we screw this up, you know how much work I'm going to lose. You could probably sue them. Well, it's well, 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 a, a nice thought. Yeah, it's you a need much. a heck of an attorney, but yeah. you know, maybe. Well, we're six minutes and forty seconds in here. Well, let's let's move to the Bearcats. For okay. those of you that, that checked in, I have to always check that time so I can put on the blog what time it was that we actually started talking about things that people so care people about. Get can scroll forward yeah, to that. Time. They're gonna, but they're missing out on great conversations. They are missing out on graces for all of you that came to the six forty mark. You just you've missed out, but we will giddy, talk giddy basketball up. now. We'll, we'll talk basketball. We'll get into nonsense um, later. Well, let's let's start off. Obviously, last night, uh, UC over Rutgers, sixty two fifty four in a uh, an odd. 
I shouldn't say an odd game. They're becoming kind of a routine, a routine <laughs> around here in the Big East. And, and what you see is these games with the, the slow, sluggish first halves, really on both teams' part, but you see especially on offense, and then the explosive second half charge. Um, this time, what did make it unique was it was led by Justin Jackson, uh, a refreshed Justin Jackson of sorts. I mean, we haven't seen – Coach was talking about it after the game as far as he didn't really think that his energy has changed much, but his effectiveness last night was far and away different than anything we've seen oh. from Justin in a long time, probably since it reminded me of last year at the end yep. of the year when, when UC made their run. He was just blocking everything everywhere on the court. He was always making plays, diving around. This is the first time we really saw that uh, that I that I can remember, and – do we have have we have we gone to official? Has Dr. Dre uh, our SID given us the official? Is that the most mean faces we've seen from Justin official. in a game? I you give it, it the official. official. So <laughs> the mo- I don't know. I don't know if they're looking it up upstairs right now. I have not. <laughs> I've not communicated that with uh, with Dre Day yet today. But I, it has to be. It has to be. I mean, I can't remember a game, and you and I've been around for most of them. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether we if unless we've had a conflict or something, I can't remember a time that he has had that many mean faces in one game, so it has my stamp of approval. And they grew. They grew. They went oh, from yeah. just kind of mean to really mean. To, to kind of scary mean. Scary mean, then yelling and mean, and then kind of pointing with the fans and yelling mean face. Oh, yeah, because they just the crowd loves it. Oh, they do. They, they lap it up, and, and, that's, and that's what makes it fun. I, I can tell you, I, I remember saying his freshman year that by the time he's a senior, he may go down as one of the most beloved Bearcats oh, yeah. of all time. The fan base just loves guys like that. They love the way he plays and it's hard not to because when he plays like he did uh on wednesday night it's just it's a joy to watch it's just it's just exciting and he really he changes it for his teammates too oh yeah absolutely i mean it 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 just picks up and and the gym needed some uh excitement last night and and it was it the place filled up. There was over eleven thousand there last night, and and you and I were both there ten minutes before the game. And ten minutes before the game, it didn't look like there was going to be more than ten thousand. I don't no. know if it looked like there was going to be more than eight thousand at that point. And you know, you're a little worried that maybe the weather and and the rain slow down traffic and people getting there. And that certainly maybe was the case. But man, by about midway through the first half, it had filled up, and that's when kind of those blocks started started to come, and it just picked up. It picked up the crowd. It picks up the team. And, uh, I mean, everybody really gets into it. Even on, even on Twitter today, chiming in was uh, Zach Kolaris. He said he's trying to perfect. Yes. Did you see the exchange? He's trying to perfect his Justin Jackson mean face. And then he came with a suggestion yes. that we, we do a contest via Twitter, which, I mean, Twitter contests are the best, Yes. For, for people to send in their imitations of the Justin Jackson mean face to me. We'll post the best submissions. We'll retweet the best submissions. And the winner gets to watch a game with me. With you, could I mean, you imagine a, the privilege? Is, I mean, that's what a privilege! I love that you, with the glasses that, and haircut. Yeah, well, only because it wasn't you my suggestion, a, but I'm I'm okay with it as long as I mean. And if they don't like, can me, we give I, them a better prize? Can we give? Can we at least give oh, them yeah, some yeah. cookies or something? Sit between you and Bill. I mean, they yeah. could come eat with <laughs> no. us in the media room. <laughs> yeah, sure. You get so you get city barbecue, city barbecue for dinner. Yes, um, and your and, conversation and my conversation during the game. I'll come talk to him. Yeah. If that'll help. An introduction, that make an autograph worse? session with Paul Daner and yeah, Bill Cook. Autograph session. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, well, who? Uh, it, it kind of fluctuates. Beyond the two of you, it kind of fluctuates as to who the regulars are over yeah. there. Maybe I'll make I, – I could I could make or at least acquire some cookies. But if we did it for the – if we did it for the Pittsburgh game, which i got to check on a few things. If we did it for the Pittsburgh game, then we could potentially I – would, I would say that's a potential DeCourcy sighting. Yeah. I mean, he's a Pittsburgh guy. That's a you know a higher so profile it's a, it's a game. game. 
so there's a possibility of a DeCourcy sighting that night. Um, that's a that's a you big know, that's game a good in introduction. That's a that's a yeah. big game in general. There could be some some big time uh, so other big Pitt time broadcasters there besides yourself. Right. Uh, I, th- I believe Mike Patrick is on the call and yeah. Len Elmore. Oh, Len in the house. Yeah. yeah that's uh, so a good you crew. could get. A, I could probably arrange a picture. Mike Patrick, one of the nicest announcers I've Absolutely. met. I'm sure he would get a picture. So I mean, we can we can build up the prize package beyond. Yes. Just the. I just feel like we should have an official prize package before we officially launch this. Okay, well, this is just the precursor. We're People can bring, tweet us other I, things that would make it worth their while. I like this. I like the idea though. Right. Justin Jackson, mean face and prejudice. Spurred on by Zach Calera. Yeah, right. absolutely. I mean, I mean, as many things are. I mean, he's active. He's active yeah. on Twitter now. I love seeing it. But yeah, so we should. We'll we'll get that started. We're gonna okay. we're gonna start it right here. Everybody's heard the details. Hopefully, our prize will uh, will take another level. Yeah, we'll get an official prize package together. But. Point being, Justin Jackson really brought it, and it changes the whole game. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, a dynamic I want to get into uh, a little bit is and something I was talking with Mick about last night, and I found it interesting. I don't, it's just something that hadn't really occurred to me. We were talking about the first half versus yeah. the second half on offense. And, uh, you know, UC's had so many games like that this year where they, they don't score very much in the first half and then really go off in the second half. Uh, I think I, I reran the averages today in Big East play. I believe it's 36 and change in the second halves and only averaging 26 and change in the first halves of these games. And Mick was talking a little bit about why he thinks that is. Here, let me play that clip for you. You can talk, hear a little bit about Mick was saying about his his theory on this. Is there is there a common thread, you think, to some of the – slow first halves offensively and the big second halves. So there's been a lot, obviously. Been a I would lot say it's a common thread in college basketball. I think, you know, the way the game's officiated has got some, something to do with it. Yeah. Um, the way the benches are configured where we can call out the other team's plays. We, you know, I, we're on defense in front of me, so we can hold teams down. We held them to 15 last time. We held Marquette to 13. And it goes both ways. They're calling out every play we run right in front of their bench. Um, I think that, you know, scouting report has a lot to do with its size, strength, physicality. There are no secrets. I think, you know, at times officiating. Not that it's bad. It's just, you know, it gets to a, you know, they, the one thing about Big East officials, they don't want to get in the way of the game. They, this is the last thing they want to do. And you've got guys that get to a point where they, you know, they know when they got to start calling stuff. And then the kids got to adjust. So, so Mick has his theory. What? I, has you thought about things I, like that you know, before, about the concept of the coaches being that close and that having an effect and officiating, evolving as games go along? I think I, – I, I definitely have thought about the officiating standpoint, and I've talked to it with different folks and different analysts and, you know, different people at different gyms. And I, I think there's certainly something to the officiating aspect. And I think there's, there, there may be something to the coaching aspect of it too, and I never thought of it that way. Yeah. But you know what? When he said that and I was sitting in the back of the press conference, I said, huh. He says, you know what, that kind of makes sense in a lot of ways. And if you don't think about it, because now remember, this isn't the days of, you know, where it was hard to get film. Or you had to drive to Columbus to meet your friend who's a video coordinator for Ohio State who has extra film on Pittsburgh because they play non-conference and you're trading VHS tapes at the Columbus airport or something because that's where you can, you know, meet up and, and there aren't all these services. Now, they have every game. Yeah. And not every coach watches every single game, but they watch a ton of film. And they have an in-depth scouting report on yeah. every single – they know it. They know, it, they know tendencies. It. Yeah, absolutely. They can see the play calls. And, and, and TV, you know, 
because they have more cameras and more angles and the way they replay things, now you see the signals clear. Everything's in HD. Mm-hmm. So you're seeing all the hand signals, all you're hearing things, and they know, you know, 95% of what teams are going to run unless they're putting something new in. So I think there's certainly something to that mm-hmm. with being able to defend in that regards uh, when, you're, when you have – that closeness on defense. And and Mick kind of went on and, and talked about it being an epidemic in college basketball, the idea of, of these sluggish first halves. I mean, and we've seen it across the board this year. It hasn't just been UC. I mean, UC holding teams in the same way. Marquette only had 13 and then scored 50 in the second half. And you, you, you've seen that over and over again. And then the uh, first time they played Rutgers, I think they only had 15. And there's been lots of games like that. Northern Illinois has been Ooh. having some bad first half. They, they had five. They, I saw this. They had five, I think, or six and set the new record for lowest scoring first half and then broke their own record like a week or two later right. with one point less. Point being, it seems to be happening everywhere. And, and, you know, if you go back and look, the numbers actually are over the last four years. Every year, the first half, the median average score has gone down every mm-hmm. single year. And uh, maybe that is because of the increased knowledge of these players or yeah. coaches or the officiating. But it, it's interesting to think of because it, you, I think for UC fans and, and people that aren't as um, you know in touch with the national college basketball scene, you see a lot of UC. You don't see, see everybody else. You think, oh, maybe it's just a Bearcats problem. It, it really isn't necessarily just a Bearcats problem. It seems to be something that really is happening everywhere. Right. Although and was they, it you that was peppering Mick on that one? I was, and he was like, "Look, Paul, he's he, no. and, and he didn't mean it with any disrespect, but he said, "Come on, man, I watch. That's all I do is yeah. watch games." He said, "And I, it's true." He said, "I watch everybody, and you don't." And that, and that, he's got a, uh, he's got a point. I, I don't see as right. many teams as he does. He has a lot more time than I do. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and and that's that's his job is to yeah. know these things. Right. And you know, not only is he a basketball coach, so he's watching all this film and all these teams of his opponents. He's a basketball junkie. Right. So when he goes home and it's not movie night with Sammy, you know what it is? It's basketball night. It's, yeah. And he goes to his viewing room, and, and that's what he watches. It's more basketball. Yeah, and, and as much basketball as we try and watch, you don't you don't see that much. And that's just an interesting trend, I thought. He, he's, he spotted, and, uh, and uh, you can, as always, look for more ridiculously in-depth stat details on that on the blog. I'm working up something. I love them. Way too deep. I'm going way too deep on this one. I, okay. I even I contacted the Big East offices to get some special wow. stats for this one that I think is going to be revolutionary. I love it. Yeah, it's going to be good. But anyway, so keep looking there. Um, the other, the other uh, it, thing I thought that was good that came out uh, last night was Mick was talking about there was a, a – a, a little bit of an altercation on the bench with Kashmir Wright, who had had a, had a rough night last night. He was and frustrated. Throughout. He was frustrated. Yeah, I mean, he, he's just he just it didn't didn't have it have it all going. Had some tough tournament foul trouble. Will make anybody frustrated. He only played about the first four or five minutes, and then yeah. caught two fouls and was on the bench, um, and, and couldn't. You know, it's tough to get in a rhythm, um, and he's still coming off injuries and playing through things. And uh, but Mick had some really good comments about Cash and about. Uh, being a coach and trying – it's not just about preparing guys to win a game. It's about preparing guys for something bigger than that. Listen to what Mick had to say sort of about Cash, the way he dealt with that, and what it sort of means in a bigger picture than just basketball. You talk back, you bring that on yourself. I'm not – wasn't really in the mood to hear anybody's answers, whether it was him or Larry Davis, whoever said whatever they said. You know, 
Today's player is no different than 20 years ago. The difference is people let kids talk back too much. And that's not acceptable. My job is to help these guys understand how to handle themselves and deal with a boss and hold a job and be a productive member of society. And your opinion doesn't matter in the workplace. The boss's opinion matters. I try to talk to them guys about that stuff every day. It's no different. You know, Witt calls me in or President Ono, and they have an opinion on something. I got two choices, deal with it or get another job. Talking back is not going to work. You know, and, and, and I try to teach my guys that all the time. So, so Mick giving life lessons, really. I mean, more oh, than yeah. anything, it's it's, and and I love I love when Mick talks about this, and and you know we don't hear as much of every other coach as we do of Mick because we hear him every day. It seems like, um, but it, you know I feel like he is constantly talking about this, and I don't know how many other coaches do about how it's much more about preparing these guys for the game of life more yeah. than anything and dealing with a boss. I love him talking about the concept of, you know, this. it's the same idea. Him and Cash talking is the same thing of him sitting with Wit and talking right. in his office. Uh, you know, you don't talk back. You just don't. Right. Uh, you know. Because how, your other option is to get a new job. Is to get a new job. Facts of fact. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, uh, how much do you know stuff like this, do you see stuff like this affect these guys? You see these guys all the time and you see them on the road and they – I feel like that that mentor father figure thing. It just that's what this is. Is exactly what he's yeah. talking about here. And I and I, re, I honestly believe and and I, I wasn't at practice today, so I don't know you know what what what's going on right now as as they go through practice. But you know, like I, I can't, that Cash isn't going to be the type of person who's going to let whatever was said on the bench get to him. It's the same. It's just it, honestly, and, and coaches are wound tight during games. That's no secret. I dealt with Brian Kelly for three years, <laughs> and 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 paid the price for a, a highly, you know, wound, and he was very good to me. Don't get me wrong, but but that's you know what I mean. Like everybody is, you're competing, you want to win, and you know players often, and you see it, you know, whether it's with the Bearcats or another team, when they do something wrong, a coach asks, "What was that?" They have an answer, and you, unless your answer is, "I screwed up, coach. My bad." It's probably not going to go over well with the head coach. <laughs> so when you're already frustrated and you're having a tough day and, and something was said, and I think maybe it got a little bit blown out of proportion from, you know, and I saw, I caught the tail end of it, mm-hmm. and he was sitting down there by Coach Davis, and he kind of sent him down, and he kind of in, insinuated, too, that Coach Davis was involved in it. Yeah. And he's like, you know what, I don't even remember what it was. And I bet you it doesn't come it, up. It's not going to come up in a meeting. Nor does it really it's matter. It's gone. Yeah, it's the gone. Bearcats won. They moved on. Cash probably showed up at practice today and wanted to work even harder yeah. because he's frustrated with the way he played yesterday and the lack of minutes because of the foul trouble. And he's going to continue to get that knee better and continue to try to help the Bearcats win the next one, which comes on Saturday. And I love that, you know, even even a the ultimate senior leader on this team, the teachable moments don't stop, though. You know, no. Mick, Mick is never going to stop. And he'll probably do that even as cash goes on out of here. Right. You know, any teachable moments, I'm sure Mick will, will be all over. What do, what do you, um, you know, moving on quick, what, what do you make of cash and where he's at right now? The injury and, and not – Getting out of sort of the season rhythm, I think yeah. maybe has been part of it. The last is that how much of that do you think it is? Um, just just you know having a couple tough games here. Yeah, well, you know the Syracuse game. Obviously, he was coming back and he hadn't practiced a whole lot going into that game. Really, because, not at all. I mean, yeah, right? Yeah, only very little, like a walkthrough essentially. Yeah, and and you know how much practice do you need in your fifth year? I mean, obviously, you still need some, but you're also going to have bad days. Who knows if he doesn't have that injury and he shows up? He may have had a bad day against Syracuse that day anyways. Right. And there's no way to know, you know, what the true – Syracuse may have had a great defensive game plan. They may have come in and said, you know who's not going to hurt us today? Kashmir Wright. 
And teams say that. Well, you know, I wasn't privileged enough to sit through Syracuse shootout. Shocking, Jim Beheim didn't welcome me back <laughs> with open arms with my uh, Cincinnati sweatshirt on to uh, to to sit there and watch their shoot around. But you know, that may have been the plan on that day. And you know, and I, I was thinking about it a little bit yesterday because I had to go get a bike and, and bring it out for him to stay loose last night after he came out so early in the game because he goes through warmups and and they're feeling good about him, and then he comes out. And then suddenly you're looking at the prospect of him sitting for the last 15 minutes of the half plus 15 minutes of halftime. So they had to get the bike out just to keep his legs moving. And you kind of wonder, all right, so they did go through practice and they had some lighter individual days there right away after coming back from Syracuse and as well as some extra time off. And you wonder, you know, did nine days maybe slow down Cash's recovery without having a game in there? Everyone was like, well, that would be perfect. And I was singing that tune too. Right. You know, you wonder, wait a second, maybe he needed a game to keep those legs moving. Keep and and again, you'll never know. Um, you know, the grind, he, he's got three games in the next, uh, you know, week or so. You know, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday again. So he, he he's going to have time to recover, but also be on a regular basis. And he was playing really good basketball. I mean, Great basketball, the best when, basketball yeah, that best he's best ever basketball played. Yeah, exactly. So I think he'll get back to it. Uh, he's a leader. He's a kid who's determined. I think he has a very, very good head on his shoulders. And I don't think he'll let the frustrations, you know, let let it spin out of control. I think instead he'll use that to drive himself and get better. First of all, happy to see you, team player, putting in work, going to get the bike. Did you go? Did you carry the bike in? No, it was more like get out of the way. Where's the bike? Oh, <laughs> so you and didn't really like, do anything. You were just kind. of – I was just kind of hanging in the corner. And Bob Man Gene, the trainer, he's like running around. Like you know, if you've ever watched him at a football game, more so than a. Than, than basketball, but at football, he's all over the field, and, and he's not scared to share his opinion with the officials, football or basketball for that matter. Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of standing in that corner, and he kept running by me and, like, looking under the bleachers, and I'm like, I finally I said, Bob, what are you looking for? He said, the bike. Where's the bike? And I was like, well, I, I mean, literally there was trainers scattering everywhere at that point. <laughs> I mean, there were trainers scattering. who aren't assigned to basketball. And then finally somebody came running. Somebody One of the just managers. showed up with a Huffy, and he's just yeah. circling fifth third at right. that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they, they found one. And and wheeled it out there and got cash on the bike. So so you didn't really do it. You just no. were more in the way. I just you got, saw it. You witnessed it. Yeah. Well, that's good. Pretty much. But, you know, I, I, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I think um, – I don't think anybody is necessarily worried about cash. I think the biggest thing is for those that are worried about the injury playing a role – he may be fighting through things, but as Mick said last night, there's nothing structurally wrong with his knee, and he would not be out there at right. all if, there, if, the, if the health was really an issue. And, and Cashmere Wright, you know, just like a, a couple weeks back on this podcast, we were talking about Sean Kilpatrick. He's been in a little bit of a rough stretch here. And then what's happened? The last four days, he's been on fire. The last four games, he's been on fire. Uh, you know, the same thing with Cash. I, you know, it's one of those things where guys can go in little lulls and, you know, hit peaks and valleys and – Usually the the good side is right around the corner, and with a guy like that, it, his track record speaks for himself. I don't think anybody should really be worried about Cashmere right at this point. But it will. Everybody wants to see him go out. You feel like one good one good game, he'll be right back to where he right. was before he uh, hurt his knee at DePaul. Um, real quick, I I, I want to go uh, on to one more thing before we have a special uh, get to know your Bearcat here on the podcast. Um, I want to talk a little bit about signing day, yeah. uh, which is coming up around the corner. You, It's one of your busiest days here, so I assume that you're still uh, attempting yes, to get some. Yes, we will. <laughs> we, uh, it's funny because, you know, we – Do you guys going to have fax cam? It's up for debate. Right? I have not – it's scheduled. The fax cam, cam, which was wildly popular last year. 
It's because it's the only time we ever get to talk about a fax machine. When I else? Know. When else? Is the I fax know. machine it was, relevant. The, it, the fax cam was one of my favorite live streams I've done here. Let me. T- I, I mean that in all sincerity. A uh, kind of two part because I played Springsteen out of the entire day, which which is awesome in and of itself. And then you know because people would people would walk through the fa- through the football office. They had no reason to be there, but because their mom was watching the fax cam or or their boyfriend or, or they just wanted to. They, they wanted to eat a donut in the background or, or somewhere along those lines. So because of the coaching change and because Coach Tuberville has been out recruiting and I have and when he's been on campus, I've been out with basketball, so I have not seen him in maybe two and a half weeks. So it's scheduled right now. It is in the system and planned. But I have yet to get the official AOK approval from the head football coach. So – is Springsteen Springsteen going to be? Oh, there's no question. It will be Springsteen yeah. again. It's this. It's this Absolutely. Bruce Springsteen Mega fax mix. cam. Yeah, that's what it is. There's no chance that anybody else. That I might get it. I don't know if that's allowed, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. They're probably not listening to this. No, you don't think so? No. If they are, God bless them. Yeah, yeah that's great. We could use one more click. The Bearcats every time. are playing Seton Hall, so maybe they're looking yeah, for the scouting report yeah. for uh, for Saturday. <laughs> and they they stumbled onto but a lawsuit. But yes, the plan is to have it. I don't know officially, but we will have live hits from this studio right here where we're sitting right now. Uh, we will start them at 830. Um, 8.30. 8.30 a.m. We'll come with Coach Tuberville. We'll talk to both coordinators. We this will, will talk be a good get-to-know-the-coaching staff for everybody because yeah. a lot of these guys, uh, we've been know, waiting the to interview them. Yeah, we haven't really but, been able to talk to. Yeah, they haven't been here because of the recruiting schedule and everything they've had going on. We haven't been able to do it. So that'll be a good chance to meet the coordinators. And then, and then after signing day, we'll start to roll out all the interviews with uh, – with all the coaches as they're finally back on campus and as they're figuring out where their offices are really yeah. uh, for the first time. And we'll also be posting the highlight videos live. You know, As those letters are certified, I believe 7.30, they're allowed to start uh, rolling in and get certified. So we'll be keeping an eye on Maggie McKinley upstairs and compliance and making sure she checks them off. And the minute she checks them off, we will, of course, tweet the highlights and uh, that their letters are certified and, and get all that done. So that'll be exciting. And then we'll have the press conference live at 3 o'clock. And there's a great event. Um, you know, for, for folks that evening, too, over at the Kingsgate Marriott, where they can actually hear from the coaches um, and, and hear Coach Tuberville speak, which will truly um, be his real first formal speaking engagement in Cincinnati. Yeah, um, since his, since welcome, since his, press, welcome conference. To, since his yeah. press conference to get here. And this will be more, uh, you know, geared towards actually what they have been doing over, you know, yeah. the actual work they've been doing. and. And, you know, without getting too in-depth in the recruiting process because we can't, it's obviously been a a crazy one as it is for any new coach that comes in uh, with with who's coming, who's going, who's actually going to be here. So a lot of of interest, I'm sure, from all of you out there on exactly who's going to be here. So find out all about every player. Uh, go to GoBearCast.com. There's information on there all about the signing day dinner event right. that's going on, which should be a pretty fun one and a chance and to I'm really MC, get up close. So. You are. So really, chance to see me in a suit with the new glasses. With the new glasses, would you get a would you get another fresh cut before Wednesday, no. or will you let this uh, one grow out? Uh, it'll be it'll be about a week's growth at that point, which is a, a good place. It's a good place. At three weeks is where I'm on a three week rotation. Okay. So three weeks, I got to go back. So it won't be the freshest, <laughs> Tommy G, but it'll be a, it'll still be a good, a relatively fresh. Oh yeah, we'll but be fresh. Really. So I guess people could care about seeing Tommy. I might Tuberville, do a pick my tie for that one. Maybe we'll do hit Twitter with a pick my tie for that one. There you go. There you go. Plenty. We'll let Twitter vote. Well, while we're while we're talking about you, okay. I think it. I think it's time that we f- we flip the script on, oh, on Tommy. That's G. never good because usually I'm the one who gets to do that. Yes, it's it's time. 
it's time to play uh, Know Your New Media Director because mm-hmm. we've sat here and watched you just drill these kids with Dr- all kinds of I, questions and, and off the wall. They have to come up with these answers off the top of their head. It's not really fair, but you never have to answer anything. Fact. But I have – how many do I have here? I think I've got 14. I've got 14, almost all of them, off of your list. So you have asked... Almost all. That scares me just a little bit. No, no, nothing nothing out of control. That's fine. I'm ready. Hey, if you're going to dish it, you better be ready to take it. So So I'm going to hand it back to you. So we're going to quick fire, rapid fire round, know your new media director with Tommy G. Cue it, Maestro. Here we go. Which, oh, by the way, is it always either Family Feud or Price is Right? Those are the two tracks we have. I'm open to suggestions, and let me tell you, but I like let's make a deal. Or I mean, I went through them, and they just—they're not. I, 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 I we, we, we honestly spent a little bit of time trying to find music. Match game's a good one. Yeah, but I, I wasn't feeling it. I, I we spent a lot of time on game show music. <laughs> you working have, on this. I and, just feel like there should be a deeper rotation. You have a two-song rotation. I'm open. Rotation. I'm open. I'll take suggestions. We still. I'm working on editing tennis right now, and we'll be rolling out track and field here in a, in a few weeks. So. I am open to suggestions. Match game is a good one. All right, yeah. we're moving forward. All right, Tommy G, what is your favorite pizza topping? Favorite pizza topping. I go sausage and green peppers. Sausage and green peppers. If you won the lottery, what would be the first thing that you would do? Hop a plane to Aruba. Aruba? Yeah. No, no, not not uh, you know, do something for my parents send that we e- hear. Hold on, you know, hold on, you hold have on. a you have a you send, have a you know send an email to family, Shane, you know. Send an email to Shane and tell him I'm out gonna be out in a few days. And uh, he can hold the fort and I'll take him to a nice dinner when I get back to thank him for holding the fort. Then I'm on a plane to Aruba, first class. I'm disapp- I'm going to the sun. My feet are gonna be in the sand for Is a little Is your family days. with you? My wife and kid, yeah. Okay. You haven't even mentioned them yet. You haven't even mentioned them yet. I'll buy them a new bathing suit or something. You won the lottery and you got four sentences out. I got to book the tickets. (laughs) I got to get to Aruba. That is first and foremost. And I'm going to give to charity and and lots of good things. There will be lots of goodwill. I'll take care of my folks and all that stuff. But when I get back, I'm going to go relax for a week or so first. Get back from Aruba first. Yes. Let's hope you just wouldn't end up on the... You know the what is it the basically the behind the music of the lottery the e true Hollywood story <laughs> of the lottery failure. I burned one hundred and twenty three million dollars in Aruba, in Aruba. In one week. I could so, buy Aruba for one hundred twenty three million dollars. He said he wanted to give goodwill. Uh, okay, here we go. Favorite TV show? Big Bang Theory. Big Bang Theory, which you have Listen you're not you afraid to you're not afraid to throw some clips in there. No. Uh, what is your uh, what is your hidden talent? That's wow, huh? You're you're never you're that's, never that's shy about exposing your talents. I mean, I was like a worried about where that was going. I meant, you know, on um, on television. You're, you know, you're, you know, I. <laughs> That's good. I'm a, I'm a really good sports guest. Like yes. that's what we had a cross country kid. I can run real fast. Can that's r- not a hidden talent. You're on the cross country team. Yes. Come not on, man. At all. That's a very yeah, known talent. It's very, why you're on scholarship. Very, very obvious. Um, you say that as you can't come up with one though. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really good at math. You're good at math. That's yeah. good. Is that a hidden talent? I mean, yeah, yeah I think sure. So. I mean, I've never seen you do math, so it's hidden for me. So okay, that's, there that, you go. that'll work. <laughs> Mathematician Tommy G. With us. Learn uh, something new every day. Uh, okay, so what's your favorite holiday? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Eat, 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 and watch football, and then sleep. Yeah, 
sleep happens <laughs> and, in between And then sometimes. figure out where I got to get for the football game or basketball game the next Right, day. that's true. That's but true. eat, 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 and watch some football and sleep and spend time with family Thanksgiving. I love Arbor Day. Hmm. What's on the top of your iPod? Spring Scene and Outcast. Spring Scene and Outcast. What a great one-two yeah. combo. I think, honestly, like if you ever – you know when iTunes you log in is like top 25 most played songs? I think there's – over there on the left-hand side, it like yes. self-populates itself. I would say 22 of the 25 are probably Springsteen or Outkast. As they should be, yeah. in, my, in my opinion. Still waiting for the reunion tour, which is... Let me know. I know. We'll get front row seats. Absolutely. Cannot wait. Uh, who would you most like to broadcast a game with? Oh, who would you like to most quick. have? That's a really good question. So you ha- haven't. It would have to be a color commentator. Color commentator, yes. Um... That's a great question. I mean, you could. I, I, I don't know if you would want to get the Dickie V scream factor, or 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 maybe get down with uh, no, Jay Billis. You know what or, would be? I think the Jay Billis Rafford. I mean, the Big Monday crew. That would be how great. much fun are they having? Oh yeah. And it's kind of funny because the Syracuse game, you know, Trico had to fill in um, because uh, um, Sean McDonough couldn't go. Yeah. He, he lost his voice. Trico was there with his family. And I ran in the producer who I know pretty well for Big Monday, and I was talking to him on the court, and he was like, dang, I didn't know you were here. You would have been the next guy in. Wow. Because if Trico's not here, I would have had to call on you. And I was like, well, I would have had to run to the store and get a tie and a jacket. In the meantime, I'm thinking <laughs> you were of that tying close. I, I don't know if I was that But that's what he told me, so I'm going to believe it. And I was like, man. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna, I'd have to throw a tie. and I'd have been taking it from one of the coaches. <laughs> Chris Shoemate would have lost his coat and tie for the game, so I could have filled in. But, I mean, how much fun would it be to do a game with those two guys? Absolutely. And then you get to go out for dinner and drinks with them after. Oh, of so. course. I, that's just that's got to be hard to take. If Mike Tirico was not happened to be at Syracuse with his family. On a family trip. You could have you could have had a, the could've dream Big Monday right. assignment. Could have been the springboard. But it wasn't. But it wasn't, but, but that's all good. You said you're here talking with me on the Inside so the Bearcats podcast. Uh, favorite cereal? Favorite cereal? Ooh. Lucky Charms. Lucky Charms? Yeah, I'm going to go Lucky Charms right now. I've always felt like uh, Frosted Mini Wheats is underrated. Underrated, yeah. Underrated, and one of my, one of my favorites. If it's filling, got frosting on it, I think it's healthy because it's got all that wheat, right? Yeah, it makes you believe it is. It makes me believe it enough. I, 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 can, I can buy that one. It's delicious. You just like the little leprechaun. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, let's see. What is your what's your what's your favorite restaurant in Cincinnati? Favorite restaurant in Cincinnati. Honestly, like I Nada. Nada? I love Nada. Yeah, it's delicious. Nada. You there, were you're a big Terry's guy though. I'm, a, I'm huge, surprised if, that you didn't go there. And I thought you you felt my hesitation. it's hard. And I think because Nada's the most, one I've been to most recently. Uh so maybe that's why. Nada, Terry's, and then right across, right down the street from Terry's. Uh, Bella Luna. Bella Luna's fantastic. Yes. And then I love the Montgomery and I can't ever get enough of the Montgomery Inn. So those are probably my top four. Those are your top four, which I didn't ask for. I asked for one. But well, you gave me one. That's good. It's my game. It is your You may flip the script, but I get to make up the rules. <laughs> that was, This is true. And uh, you, know, you certainly can't go wrong with Nada, although I, I'm, I would say – if this were summer, if we were doing this in summer, I would say Terry's probably because Terry's probably. in the summer is the spot. Is great. Is the spot. Yep. Okay, so we'll 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 wrap it with with one with one of my favorites. Who would play you in a movie about your life? Which, by the way, I don't know how many people are going to go see this movie, but it would be it's still it, it, who Kevin would, Arnold. <laughs> Kevin Arnold. 
Come on, right? Fred Savage? Fred Savage. Fred Savage? When, <laughs> when I, well, when I was a kid, everyone told me I looked just like Fred Savage. I could see that. And that was like uh, Fred Savage heyday, too. Wow. So there was a lot of – so I feel like it could be Fred Savage. I think it has to be Fred Savage at this point. I mean – That's fantastic. And and maybe Adam Sandler is my brother. Which, again, you didn't ask. I didn't In my game, I make the rules. <laughs> I didn't know. All right. So Fred Savage and Adam Sandler. That's uh, – boy, if that doesn't Star have blockbuster. Star the Galerder brothers. <laughs> Forget the Harbaugh brothers. We got the Galerder brothers. That doesn't have summer blockbuster written me all over it. you going to go see it? <laughs> It would be Light fantastic. Them up. Light them up. Well, Tommy, I appreciate you stepping on the hot seat. Happy for, to. I'm glad you, you didn't you didn't back away from it. You know, after putting all those kids through the ringer. I don't get first car. I have I first get, car. We ta- we kind of got into yeah, the first car thing earlier. I mean, I have it here, but I mean, if you want to, if you no, really really want to, what was your first car? A Saab, an old Saab, an old Saab, an old Saab with the cloth falling off the. The roof. How many high school kids have the cloth falling off? That's like, you have to have that. So what happened was it finally we ripped it down, and it was all foam, and my friends all signed the roof for the car. So it's kind of cool. And then it died. And then it It was called the Ghetto Mobile. As as most first cars do. Right. Well, uh... Great to have you here again. Great to chat as, with you. Yeah, it's been entertaining. This is probably going to be one of the most highest rated podcasts. I'm going to go on this. For us. Not a lot of Bearcats talk, but no, a lot of fun talk. A lot of fun talk. So and if you wanted to have fun for 40 minutes of your life, then you just accomplished that. I hope people think this is fun because if they don't, boy, they're not getting anything out of <laughs> and it. And they just lost 40 minutes of <laughs> their life. lost 40 minutes and possibly you know, their car went off the side of the road. Remember, as always, go Bearcats.com, hit the blog, see all the videos from me, Tommy, everything we've got going on there. And, of course, the podcast, subscribe on iTunes, just go over to iTunes, hit the subscribe button, and the podcast will come to you. And uh, they'll keep doing that next week. We'll, we'll be back with even more. And remember, Seton Hall, 11 a.m. Set your alarm clocks, people. 11 a.m. Uh, on Saturday. You see hits uh, the floor again. Tommy, thank you very much. Anytime. We'll talk to you next time on the Inside the Bearcats podcast. And that's